compelling insights, unpredictable conversations, encouragement for your day. It's the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. We're back. This is hour two. Thank you again for listening. And please tell your friends about Relevant Radio. Have them get the Relevant Radio app on their phones. I tell everybody I know, everybody I meet, a plumber comes over. Hey, what do you do? Well, I do a radio show. Really? What kind of radio show? It's always the same one. Oh, what kind of radio show? Well, I don't have guests. I don't do interviews. I take phone calls, a lot of God topics, current events, um, social issues, technology, music. And more often than not, the person wants to know more. And before you know it, within a minute or two, I've got that person downloading the relevant radio app on his phone. It happens all the time. It's so easy. So try it sometime. You're in the grocery checkout lane and you're talking about what you heard on the radio. Oh, really? Where's that program? Where can I hear that program? Oh, it's on the relevant radio app. I show them my phone. I see it looks like this. And if you just tap the the App Store icon, you can download it in seconds. And I would say eight times out of 10, as I'm saying that, people open the phone and they download the relevant radio app. So give it a try. You'd be amazed at how many people will do that and, and welcome it. You know because, my favorite part of it, the whole thing? Yeah, well, tell me about that. Other than the cool podcast and staying up to date with a Catholic perspective on what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. it's it's free. Yeah. It's 100% free. There's that. It's amazing. Hey, I'm looking at it right now. Under, uh, if you, right at Let the top, open open uh, you, okay. under Today's Best, it's, uh, there's a little Patrick Madrid segment. This must have been from yesterday's show. And it, and it says, should you wipe your Ash Wednesday ashes off? So oh, it just yeah. says, should you wipe your ashes off? Uh, so if you're wondering, after you get your ashes later today, or if you have them already this morning, if you should if you should clear your forehead, wipe it clean or not, click on that and you'll get an answer from Patrick Madrid. <laughs> you'll get my opinion. Uh, yeah, that's a good teaser, Cyrus. Well done. It's right there on the relevant radio app. I can see the lady with the ashes on her forehead. Yeah, and this is a brand new version of the app too. If you love the old app, you're going to love the new app. Lots of new bells and whistles. It's been updated and, and it, there's just a lot of good stuff there. So I'm glad you pointed that out, Cyrus. It's You've got some and- great ideas, Cyrus. Who said that? Cyrus, you were right and I was wrong. That's getting a little much now. <laughs> Someone was calling me. That was my, whoops, I need, to turn, good, my, Cyrus. I, I need to turn my phone on to silent. Yeah, oh, so that's the ringtone. That was my ringtone. Got it. Okay, 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 let's see. Let's go to Jacob in Red Oak, Texas. Good morning, Jacob. Hey, good morning, Patrick. Hi there. Um, I had a question about how people never heard of Jesus like Native Americans or anybody else. Mm-hmm. How they what? Um, um, like they never heard of Jesus um, or just God or anything like that. So the are you like, asking me, are they, can they go to heaven? Yes. Okay. I thought that's what you might be asking me. It's a really good question. So do you have a pen handy? I can give you a Bible verse that will speak to this issue. Okay. Ready? Okay. So write down 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read um, verses 3 and 4. 
Okay. Ready? Yep. Okay. So this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So the key is verse 4 there, where it says that God desires all men. And by men, it means men and women, boys and girls, everybody, all people, all human beings. God desires all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And then the next verse, it says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, all people, the testimony to which was born at the proper time. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this verse because I think this is a big part of the answer to your question. If God wills that everybody be saved, now we know that not everybody is saved. Some people go to hell, we know that. Jesus talked a lot about that. But we know that God wills or desires that all people be saved. So there must, it must at least be possible for all people to be saved. Do you see the logic there? If God wills that everybody be saved, it must at least be possible that everybody could be saved. doesn't mean that they are all saved. It just means it must be at least possible. Otherwise, God would be willing something that's impossible, and that would be contrary to his nature. Do you see the logic I'm using there? Yep. Okay. So that's how we can start answering your question. So if God wills all people to be saved— and it's possible for all people to be saved, then that means that God gives everybody sufficient grace to be saved. Now, sufficient means that there's enough grace he gives them. He gives them sufficient grace in order for them to be saved. But it's now not always efficient. Efficient is the word that means that it causes the effect. So, it's not efficient, meaning that not everybody is saved. So what about people who know about Jesus? They know that Jesus said to come into his church, the Catholic Church. They know that Jesus says to be baptized. They know that Jesus said to receive the Eucharist, his very body and blood. And they say no. Can those people be saved? The answer is no. Now, what about people who never knew about that? What about people who never heard about Jesus? Maybe people who lived, you know, a thousand years ago in some part of the world where nobody ever went who, who knew anything about Jesus. What about them? So the church says, the Bible says, that God wills all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So it means that there, it must be possible for even them to be saved but in a way that's different from or separate from the normal way that you and I would be saved by believing in Jesus and repenting of our sins. So what the church says about those people who never had a chance to know, that in a way that God alone knows, he hasn't revealed it to us. In a way that God alone knows, he is free to give grace to any of those people as he wishes, sufficient grace to be saved, and they would not be saved in a way separate from Jesus. They would not be saved in a way separate from the Catholic Church that he established, but rather that they would be, um, that God would give them the grace in some way that we don't know about so that they would have faith in Jesus and they would have some connection with the Catholic Church, even if they were never baptized. So that's a mystery there. We don't know exactly how God does that. But that's the answer to the question. 
the normal way is to hear the, the gospel, to believe it, to repent of your sins, be baptized, etc. The other way for those other people is something that God alone knows. But we know that he does love them and he wants them to be saved. Do you see what I mean? Yes, sir. Now, I gave you a lot of info there. Did you have any follow-up questions or any anything about that you want to discuss? Uh, no. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad we covered it. I'm guessing you're homeschooled, right? Yep, I am. And you're 12, so you must be either in 6th or probably 7th grade, right? I'm in 6th. Going into 7th next year? That would make yes. sense. Okay. Well, I'm glad you called, Jacob. Tell your mom or your dad that I said thanks for letting you call, okay? Okay. All right. Good talking. Let's go to Brenda now in Denver. Hi, Brenda. Hi, hi Patrick. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Welcome. And I shouldn't have asked that. I did anyway. Thomas told me not to. <laughs> um, I have, I'm going to take you back to the equity and diversity situation. Okay. Can't wait. Um, I know. Really? I uh, work for the state, which makes it even hit more hideous. And we have to introduce ourselves as Brenda so-and-so, this is what I do, and my preferred pronouns are blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they got to me, and after my title and what I do, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And there was this really prolonged pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went on. And then the next day I got called Did you get the death glare from anybody in that room? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just, I I really don't care. There's about six of us Catholics that, um, and that's part of the story. I got called into HR. Okay. And got the spiel about, you know, this is what we do here. And they've changed the um, EDI around and they added an A. So it reads idea. You know, that's what mm-hmm. we do at the government. We kill the alphabet. And so it's uh, inclusivity, diversity, um, equality, and, um, equity, and uh, accountability now. Mm-hmm. And so she says, you know, here at our department, this is what we do. And I said, well, how come my being white, you're not being inclusive of me? And she said, being white doesn't count. And I didn't. (laughs) And that's who you burst out laughing. I I told Thomas I didn't mean to, but I did. I said, that is ludicrous. Because your inclusivity means inclusivity. It means everybody. And you. Well, they don't really mean that, as you now know. They believe mm-hmm. in tolerance for some, but not for others. They mm-hmm. believe in fairness and diversity for some, but not for others. Uh, they do believe in discrimination. They do believe in canceling people. They do believe in harassment and hate and erasure and exclusion. If you're the wrong person, if you have the wrong idea or if your skin color is the wrong color, uh, they're very much into all of those things. It's just a different form of racism. It's It's... It, it's it racism and discrimination masquerading as anti-racism and anti-discrimination. You know that now, right? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's blatant on its face. I mean, mm-hmm. and then when um, I said, if you continue to push this, 
because I'm not going to put she, her, they, which is ludicrous. I will file a grievance with the personnel board. And she says, well, they're, you know, they're not going to hear your case, you know, being Catholic and, and, and white doesn't fit within this. And I said, you're, I actually said something along the lines of what you said about it being reverse racism, but mm-hmm. ultimately they never pursued it. And it's exactly what you're saying. They know that it's wrong. They know they have, don't have a leg to stand on, but they're mm-hmm. riding this wave of political correctness or whatever. But I think what you're, what really irks me is that I work for the state and we all get paid by taxpayer dollars, some of which are mine. And it all goes into this insanity. It's just pure insanity. And I flat out said, I, I really thought I was going to get fired. Yeah. So, excuse me. So what was their, what was the net result then? Did they just back away and leave the, you alone? They backed Grudgingly? away and, and they begrudge, begrudgingly, they backed away, left me alone. However, I did get an email from fellow co-workers sent me books that I should read so that I understand that even though I don't realize it, I truly am racist. Mm-hmm. I may not have realized it, but I am racist just by the pure fact that I popped out white and I didn't know Which this. is your fault, of course. It's your fault that you were born white. How dare you, Brenda? I know. I feel so bad. But anyway, they did back off ultimately. I got a, you know, a piece of paper saying, you know, we're not going to go forward with this because, you know, we, we, we really can't need win. to focus. On, right. Because right? we need to focus. You need to focus on your work and blah, blah, blah. But those of you who are, are pressing this, you will not have to say your pronouns. You don't have to put it on your signature line and in this, that, and the other thing. And basically saying they're wrong, but not coming right out and saying it's kind of like the Fonz, you know, he would never say we're wrong, but they're wrong. Yeah. And, um, and so they, they dropped it, but the whole thing. Hey. Sorry, that was just Fonzie. He got a little. Yeah, worked up. But so but in the I, end, let me I, ask you this question, Brenda. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, so you're now no. free and clear. Are they leaving you alone? Yes, but my coworkers, many of them, don't make it easy to work with them. If you, yeah, it's it's they they look down their nose and they're 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 very big. They won't look at me when they talk to, talk to me kind of saying no greetings or whatever. And I know who I am. I'm proud to be Catholic and you know, I'm, I'm white. What am I going to, you know, ask God to change me into a different color because they don't like it. No, I have the solution. Just identify as a different skin color. It's easy. I mean, you can certainly identify as a male if you wanted to. You could identify as, you know, whatever. So why not just identify, what would you like to be, Brenda? Would you like to be a Chinese man? Or would you like to be a black non-binary? We don't know. Well, what would you like to be? And just be that. Just present yourself. At, you know, I'm sorry. I am. I identify as this particular ethnicity. And you have to accept it. You have to celebrate it, too, by the way. Not you, but them. Yes. Yes, and, um, you know, I, I I actually work with people who identify as a they. <laughs> we live in clown world run by children. 
misbehaving children. Thank you, Brenda. Hang in there, please. And keep listening to this program. I'll help you. This hour is sponsored by Christendom College. Send your child to Christendom College's high school summer program, The Best Week Ever. Use promo code RELEVANTRADIO and get 50% off. Spots fill up very quickly, so apply today at thebestweekever.com. That's thebestweekever.com. Welcome back to the Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio. Have a question? Give Patrick a call. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Just slip out the back, Jack. I question your musical credentials, Cyrus, if you're playing this. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Uh, you love it. I, I got this record from your collection. Uh, no, you did not. I guarantee that. 888-914-9149. You call that number, we'll get you on the air. It's sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Uh, let's go to Charles now in Cerritos, California. Good morning, Charles. Hello. Um, so I'm calling because uh, yesterday you um, got what you called a nasty gram from a fellow named Sal in New Mexico. And um, I think right. I, I know think I why you might have gotten it. Okay. Tell me. Uh, because of um, well, last month, I think it was, the same person emailed asking how Jesus could have been conceived. Um, and he asked you to answer it was not referencing to the supernatural. But and you answered truthfully that um, he was not conceived by man, but by the Holy Spirit, okay. and that might have been what he got, what he had gotten in grand. Hmm, that's an interesting that theory. I never thought about that. Um, I'm trying to remember. So, help me out here, Charles. The call you're referring to, someone asked about how Jesus was conceived. And oh, no, what it, was it, it about was that email. call? It was oh, an email. email. Okay. So, what was it about that email then that you think might have provoked Sal to write what he wrote? Uh, because um, he was, uh, I think when you an- after you answered, you were questioning his angry tone, and he- you invited him to call, but uh, then he wrote the email. <laughs> oh, so do you think it was the same person? I never made that connection. Do you think Sal wrote the first email and then wrote yes, back? Uh, yeah, because it, both times it was a Sal in Albuquerque. Oh, yeah, I can see that. That never occurred to me. You obviously listen very carefully, Charles, don't you? Yeah. I like that. Thank you for that. Well, so all of that being the case, what do you think about, I don't know, what What are your thoughts about that issue? Or do you have any? And if you don't have any, that's fine. Um, about, uh, about a second email or about the... Uh... I guess his, yeah, second email. He was complaining. Uh, Cyrus, do you have that email from Sal? It might be interesting to reread that. Yeah, give me one second. Yeah, as long as you brought it up, Charles, I didn't think we'd ever go back to it, but why not? Because you just made a connection. I didn't ever think that it was the same person, but you're probably right. And I guess, Sal, or I guess, sorry, not Sal, but Cyrus. I have the second, I have the email I read earlier this week. Okay, why don't we hear that one? All right, so this is Sal, and it's, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's the subject line. Now I know you are gone, beyond help. You have no mind. Your is the Bible, canon law, Pope, sacraments, and the Pause list for goes a second. Up. I have an idea. Do this in an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. 
Try that. <laughs> See, try it that way. Let's hear how it sounds. <laughs> how try dare it. you? How try dare it. you do that to me? Try it. Try it. Now, now you are gone. Beyond help. You have no mind. Your is the Bible. Canon law. I can't. I cannot keep that up. I can't no do how it. Far you go my it. my wife has strictly told me do not do accents on the air. Okay. Don't do them. She's <laughs> a smart lady. Yeah, she, it's embarrassing. So he says, "Oh yes, don't forget what Jesus said. You have said it all, debated and answered enough questions. Get off the air. Go back to your guitar and find another source of income. The truth of the universe hides from you. Mm. If you knew what I know about Jesus, you would get the chills." Pleasant dreams. And that's from Sal. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what he knew about Jesus. <laughs> one wonders, doesn't one? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I'm curious, Charles, what was it about that that you know caused you to perk up and say, I want to call in and talk about that? Was there something about that second email or just that you made the connection between the two? Uh, yeah, because... Uh, Yesterday, we were listening to it, and you asked, what did I do to deserve this? And I was pretty sure I knew what you did, because <laughs> I yeah. because I heard the name Sal in New Mexico, and I thought it might be the same person. Then I heard that it was also an angry tone. You're a smart guy. You're putting two and okay. two together. I like that. So you're 10. You're probably fifth grade. Is that right? Yes. Well done, Charles. Hello, Mr. Marty Watson. Well done. Well, you get the extra bonus. Anything else you want to talk about, or are we good? Uh, that's all. Okay. Well, okay. Good job, Charles. And tell your mom or dad, whoever let you call in today, tell them I said thank you. And I'm glad you listen. That's exciting that you're listening every day like that. Detec I can't get past Charles, no matter what. Detective Charles. It's almost like he's in charge. No. <laughs> be a good name for a TV show. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Tom in Scarborough, Maine, please. Good morning, Tom. Hi. Uh, I have a question. Uh, okay. Several people have given me different definitions as what to woke means, W-O-K-E. Mm -hmm. I don't know if each letter stands for something or, you know, I, mm -hmm. I figured if I ask you, I would get the real definition. I listen to relevant radio every day. Um, you know, mm -hmm. memorari, uh, mass, uh, rosary sometimes. But uh, I, I need a real definition uh, that I can write down because I'm forgetful. But I really want to mm -hmm. know what it means so I can straighten out some people that have given me like five different definitions? That's a good question. So I'll do my best. Um, the term originated in the African-American community among black people who, before it ever became something that was in the popular usage, long before okay. any of us ever even really heard the term woke the way we hear it now all the time. And it had to do with that you were you were aware of, you were conscious of, you were in the know when it came to ways in which people were being discriminated against. You know, you, you were you were not asleep at the wheel. You were awake. You were awake to the inequalities that existed in this country. Slavery, or exist, let's say. Slavery, certainly chief among them. 
So I, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert, but my understanding is that's the etymology of the term woke when it came to the African-American awareness of being discriminated against. And not just them, but other people as well. So okay. when it seemed to cross over from that very particular and very specialized parlance that most people would never hear about, it seemed to cross over um, in the within the last, say, certainly within the last five years and maybe more within the last 10 years, where it became synonymous with left-wing ideologies. So it no longer carries with it that more precise historical meaning. I mean, maybe for some people it does, but I think most people now when they hear or use the word woke, what they mean is, oh, you're sold out to these ridiculous liberal ideologies. Oh, okay. You use pronouns. Oh, I get it. You you don't believe that there's only male and female. You're woke. You believe that there are any number of genders or you buy into the silliness that your sex is assigned to you at birth. No, it's not. Of course, it's recognized at birth. I mean, so for most people, when they say woke, it's a catch-all term now. And it means, and you really don't hear, it's interesting to me to observe the metamorphosis of this term. You really don't hear people on the left using the term woke. It's the people on the right who use the term woke. And it's a way for them to sort of, in a catch-all way, refer to <clears throat> all these left-wing ideologies, whether it's LGBTQ or it's, um, you know, a, a new form of, of discrimination and hatred masquerading as anti-discrimination, uh, many different aspects of it. That, I think, is what people nowadays mean when they say woke. Does that make sense, Tom? That's my take on it anyway. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm glad I could be a service. Have a Thank you. Have a blessed ass Wednesday. Indeed, sir. Thank you. And to you too. 888-914-9149. How about K now in Big Lake, Minnesota? I'm imagining there must be a big lake somewhere in that area, right, Kay? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. All right. I was listening to your lady that called in that uh, worked for whatever state she's from and uh, how they all have to identify themselves. And okay. should I just tell them, call me Mrs. Whatever her last name is. <laughs> we don't have to fall for all this silliness. This is how I want you to address me. My name is Mrs. And put mm -hmm. your name in there. Did you know that Mr. T... Um, he had his first name changed to Mr. so that people would have to call him Mr. as part That's of his, awesome. you know, when they address him. I never knew that till about, I don't know, a month ago. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm with you, Kay. I mean, common sense is where it's at, but not everybody well, uses common sense. Yeah, and it's, well, and it's respect. If everybody out there that is doing all this wants respect and you know, and I used to work in a school, and every now and then at the beginning of every summer school job and at the beginning of every school year and after vacations, we'd have to do a little roundtable and everybody gets to say something. Mm -hmm. And some of that, you just want to stand up and say, I don't care what you did. I am here to work. <laughs> <laughs> you I know, the food goes home crying to his mama. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Mr. T. 45 minutes doing this. When mm -hmm. we're supposed to be, uh, you're, you know, we're supposed to be getting something else done. Who cares what we all did? If we want to know, we can have lunch with them. 
Well, you sound like you're so, very practical, and I mean that in a good way, in a positive I am, way. I am so extremely practical, it, it can be ridiculous. Mm. But And I still have, I've retired now, and kids walk up to me in different places, and they still say, hi, Mrs., you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to put my last name out there. <laughs> That's good, though, because you, you know, if nothing else, they will remember you well into adulthood. She was the lady the practical, no-nonsense lady that we really liked because she she told us the truth. She didn't play the game. Well, and you, I was I was also a playground supervisor. And you give everybody respect. You call them by their name, and mm-hmm. and yeah. Well, they will remember nice you. I have no doubt other. of that. Just be nice to each other. So, mm-hmm. anyways, I just had to throw that in there. I was just. Uh, I told the young man that answers the phone, usually I listen to in my car, but I've been home with the flu bug, so I'm just crawling out. I hope you feel better day. now. But anyways, I, I am getting much better. Thank you. I, uh, You're welcome. I usually, I'm, I'm yelling my responses into the, into the car who's ever talking <laughs> to you and looking for advice. <laughs> I've heard that from other people, too, that they have, you know, they shout I at I never call in because radio. I'm driving. <laughs> Well, what are you doing driving? I thought you had the flu. You're supposed to be home with some chicken soup oh, under right a blanket. Now, right now I am. I'm at home with the flu. But okay. oftentimes when I'm in my car and I hear people call you with a question, I just yell out the answer in my car. I can't call uh, it because uh, at that point I'm driving. <laughs> that's funny. So, hey, Kay, yeah. do me a favor. In your most practical schoolyard monitor voice, say, you kids settle down and stop doing that. You kids settle down and stop doing that right now. Ooh, I like that. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you called, Kay. Thank you. I hope you feel better soon. Okay. Thank you. You have a great day, and happy Ash Wednesday, and happy Valentine's Day. Indeed. I had somebody uh, stop his busy day today to say, it's not St. Valentine's It's not Valentine's Day. It's St. Valentine's Day. Oh, so, that's true, yeah. too. That's true. Well, Kay, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you, too. I have some teachers in my own recollection when I was in grammar school who really stand out to me for similar things. You know, just one particular teacher, um, fourth grade teacher, just she was so great in so many ways, practical, but fun. I mean, she did a lot of fun things. I remember uh, she, or actually it was her husband, he built a, like a chicken um, incubator box with chicken wire around it and a, a very uh, warm lamp over the top of it. And they brought in, one day we came to school and there were like 30 eggs in this box and it was on, on legs. So, it, you know, it was kind of at chest level or waist level. We could look down into the box and it was 30, I think it was one for each of the kids, chicken eggs. And over the course of the next week or two, as I recall, we anticipated the hatching of the eggs. So the day when the, the eggs started to hatch, the chickens, the chicks started to come out. We stopped everything. We stopped math or whatever we were doing. And for the rest of the day, we were allowed to ooh and ah and look at all these little chicks pecking their way out of the, out of the egg. We learned about life and offspring of chickens and things like that. And that was an indelible memory for me. And I'll never forget that fourth grade class. Teachers like that make a big impression. So shout out and thank you to all you awesome teachers. We'll take a break and we'll come back to more of the Patrick Madrid Show, including your phone calls right after this. 
Join Father Rocky this September for a pilgrimage to Poland and Prague. You'll visit the lands of St. John Paul the Great, St. Faustina, Our Lady of Czestochowa, and the infant child of Prague. Seats are limited. Information at relevantradio.com slash Poland. That's relevantradio.com slash Poland. Get connected to the conversation. Call now. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Patrick Madrid is on now. Relevant Radio. Okay, back to the phones, 888-914-9149. That number is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Let's go to Evan now in McAllister, Oklahoma. Hi, Evan. Welcome. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> Hi. I'm Evan. Welcome I'm aboard. <laughs> well, I called a couple months ago and gave an update. Well, not an update. I called for the first time and said that I was coming into the Catholic faith. And I wanted to get an update on that, and I have a question after. Sure. But I, uh, my at at that time, I was not married yet, and um, we were uh, talking about Catholicism. And my wife was my well, my uh, she wasn't my wife at the time, but mm-hmm. we were talking about uh, just what it would look like, and she wasn't fully on board. And um, my my family, I knew my family wasn't going to agree with me, and it was a big step you know, out of my household into the Catholic faith. Okay. And, uh, well, now, a couple months later, we're married. We're getting our marriage blessed this 31st. Um, she's fully on. She's fully on. Thank you. She's fully on board. Um, you know, my family uh, doesn't know what to think. They called me a, uh, a follower of the doctrine of demons. So that was interesting. But mm. nonetheless, I'll be one of the youth. I'll be a youth minister for the parish here in my town. I've learned a lot. I feel like the Holy Spirit's guided me very closely, and it's been an amazing process. And uh, I'm happy for you. Know, you. Welcome home. Yeah, it's it's been great. And um, so I have a question about uh, alcohol. I had a chaplain. I work for hospice, and a chaplain. Uh, okay. I was telling him my weekend with my wife. You know, we we went out. We ha- I had a glass of wine. Um, and it was great, and he'd show me a verse, and then he began to tell me, hey, you know, the wine that Jesus made, you know, wasn't the fermented type of wine. It was new wine, and, and um, went on to say that fermented wine is uh, something that we should not, that we should abstain from, and that this, this regular grape juice, you know, that they drank back then, yeah, that's okay. And uh, I was really confused, and I wasn't sure how to defend that position, because, you know, I have no problem with alcohol now, um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm really not sure where to go from there as far as a defense uh, of, you know, alcohol in general. Yeah, I can, I can share with you. I once heard a, a Baptist minister tell this joke, um, something along the lines that um, there are certain truths that people about religion that people all know are true. For example, Protestants don't recognize the Pope, and Baptists don't recognize each other in the liquor store. I've heard jokes like that. I've heard the joke that um, at the at the Baptist church service, the minister was preaching a temperance sermon against alcohol, and he's, he kind of wound up his sermon by saying, and if I had all the beer in the world, I'd throw it into the river. 
And if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd throw it in the river. If I had all the wine in the world, I'd throw it in the river. And then he finished his sermon. And then the organist announced, and we're going to turn now to hymn 382, Shall We Gather at the River? So, but I'm bumped. I think those are funny, even if no one else does. So, uh, seriously, though, so what, what, what about that? Well, the answer is that Jesus definitely, number one, in John chapter 2, he, as his first public miracle, he made wine. And the way we can know this is that the, the wine steward, we're told, he remarked at the quality of the wine. It wasn't grape juice. By the way, grape juice needs to be refrigerated. You can't have grape juice. Um, otherwise, I mean, if it's not refrigerated, it's going to ferment if it's just left at room temperature. Um, Jesus did not make grape juice at the wedding because it, the notice, um, it was noticeable, the, the superior quality of this. And he made, we're told here in verse 6 of John chapter 2, there were six jars, and each of the jars, we're told, could hold 20 or 30 gallons of wine. So that was a lot of wine, and it was good wine. And the steward says in verse 9, he says, in verses 9 and 10, every man serves the good wine first, but when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine till now. That's, that's how we can know for sure that this was alcoholic wine, because... You can have grape juice now and keep drinking grape juice for an hour, two hours, three hours, come back, have some more grape juice. It's going to taste the same because you have not been in any way, um, you're not inebriated in any way. Grape juice does not have that effect on you. So the reason that he said this is because after several glasses of wine, cups of wine, whatever they were drinking from, you would have been sufficiently inebriated, not drunk, but sufficiently inebriated that you wouldn't really be able to tell that the poorer wine was coming out now after they had served all the, first, the good wine. That, that doesn't happen with grape juice. So that's the first thing. You could point that out. You just say they did not have refrigeration in those days, therefore it wasn't grape juice. Now Jesus, uh, he also, as, as the giver of the law, he of course knew all of those passages about the dangers of drunkenness. So St. Paul says, for example, in Galatians 5, in beginning in verse 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are plain, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And I warn you, he says, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. St. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, says, Let the time that is past suffice for doing what the Gentiles like to do, living in licentiousness, passions, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you do not now join them in the same wild profligacy, and they abuse you. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So these are, are New Testament reminders that drunkenness is always a sin, and there are plenty of those statements in the Old Testament. So Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And there are many prohibitions against drunkenness. But there is also, uh, I should say, there are also statements like this one. Now, this is from Deuteronomy chapter 14. Listen to this. This is beginning in verse, you can really begin in verse 22, where it says, Each year, 
you shall tithe all the produce that grows in the field you have sown, then in the place which the Lord your God chooses as the dwelling place of his name, you shall eat in his presence your tithe of the grain, wine, and oil, as well as the firstlings of your herd and flock, that you may learn always to fear the Lord your God. If, however, the journey is too much for you, and you are not able to bring your tithe, let's say you lived up in Galilee, and you were going to go to the city of David, to Jerusalem nowadays, to bring your tithe, and that's a long journey, and you just couldn't make that journey. So here's what it says beginning in verse 24. If, however, the journey is too much for you and you're not able to bring your tithe because of the place which the Lord your God chooses for the abode of his name, if it's too far for you, considering how the Lord has blessed you, you may exchange the tithe for money and with the purse of money in hand, go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. You may then exchange the money for whatever you desire, oxen or sheep, wine or strong drink, or anything else you would enjoy, and there partake of Partake of it before the Lord your God, and you shall make merry with your family. Merry as in M-E-R-R-Y. Have a party. So there's an example in the Old Testament, amidst all the other prohibitions against drunkenness, that there is a time and place to make use of strong drink even. Wine, that kind of thing. So there's much more that I could say about this, Evan, but your your Baptist minister friend, he is just cherry-picking Scripture and he's, you know, he's definitely not taking into account all the things that Jesus certainly did. Luke chapter 7, verse 34, for example, people called him a wine-bibber. They, they said that Jesus drank too much wine. If he was drinking dra- grape juice all the live-long day, they wouldn't have said a word about it. But the fact is, they said that he was drinking a lot of wine. So, I mean, these are just a few of the many things that you can say in response to that. Does that help a little bit? Holy cow. You know, I, I felt locked up uh, today, and it was just like, what am I supposed to say? But I kind of, I see now which directions and conversation I can take. Um, so I, I appreciate yeah. the answers, but I do want to say one more thing. I forgot to announce that I'm having a baby, too. You are. I to- That's a medical miracle. How can that be possible, Evan? <laughs> it's awesome. So a lot of changes. How far along are you? Well... My <laughs> ha ha! I I thought my I'd wife, have a little fun. My, Your wife's having the baby, my, not you, right? My wife, <laughs> my wife is two months along. She's ten weeks, and um, it's it's wonderful. I it's just God's just kind of putting this whole puzzle piece together, and uh, yeah, I just thought I'd share the good news to you and and uh, the relevant radio family. That's wonderful news, and uh, our kind regards to your wife and the baby on the way. That's wonderful. Really happy for you. By the way, if you don't mind, just to go back to uh, what we were talking about, if if you're interested, I wrote an article, I don't know, 30, 35 years ago, and when I was working at Catholic Answers, and it was called The Wrath of Grapes, and it was published in the, the newsletter. Uh, I guess, no, I guess it was the, the magazine at that time. And I just checked, and it's there if you want to go to um, the show page. I'm going to get a link to this for you. And it's a kind of a biblical overview of how do you respond to somebody who says drinking wine is sinful. The Bible prohibits the drinking of wine. I give you all the verses necessary. I think you'll find that helpful. That is called 
the wrath of grapes, or just wrath of grapes. Okay? Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Congratulations again, and welcome home, Evan. That's awesome. How about Pam now in Chicago? Good morning, Pam. Welcome. Hi. Good morning, Patrick. Um, So I was wondering, the Bible says that every firstborn male child that opens the womb has to be presented in the temple. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about this with my mom, and I said, I think that means that the firstborn male child, even if the firstborn child happens to be a girl, that well, then the girls if the were boy not comes called... next, he would be the first male child. Yeah, so girls under the Mosaic Law were not um, categorized as the firstborn. So this is okay. one of the, the ceremonial laws or the, the mitzvot, um, the, the 613 different laws of the Mosaic um, ceremonial law, you see it in Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whoever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. So, right. Um, but the if way it's a girl, it, it would wait till there's a boy? Well, that's what I was going to say. Um, so this is, typically, it, it refers to a son, so the firstborn who had the title first, the firstborn. So like, let's take Esau, for example, the sons of Jacob and Esau, the sons of Isaac. So Esau was, by chronological order, he was indeed the firstborn. And his younger brother robbed him of his birthright, tricked him. You know the story about that. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So in my understanding of the rabbinic understanding of this that it's the firstborn son okay and so if the, if the first thought. child was a daughter so this is why for example we never hear the blessed virgin mary ever referred to as the firstborn of her parents okay so okay all right thank you you're welcome nice chatting let's go now to dusty in bountiful utah good morning dusty good morning patrick um i was wondering if you could help me understand something Bishop Robert Barron talks about a lot. And uh, it's, I think it's talked a lot about um, by St. Thomas Aquinas as well in regards to God being existence itself or uh, oh, there was another way it's phrased to um, being itself. And I, mm-hmm. it sounds so simple, but I'm having a really hard time wrapping my feeble brain around it. Is there any way you could help uh, help me understand that? Sure. Um, I would put it this way. This is, this is originally from Aristotle, and it was, uh, it was brought into Christian, I don't know, theology primarily by St. Thomas Aquinas, and this is mm. the metaphysics. So he's drawing from the metaphysics mm. from Aristotle, but he elevates it, purifies it, and he shows how it fits and, and how it is a reality in the Catholic understanding of God, meaning that God is his perfections. And his distinction here is that we possess distinctions because we receive them in the order of creation. We receive things like existence, being, we get it from God. God gets it from no one. So when we talk about God as existence itself, it's a reference to God as God possessing all of these realities, all of these perfections, truth, beauty, goodness, love, and existence itself, 
because he didn't receive it from anyone else. He's always, from all eternity, been these things. Which is why we can see a glimpse of this in Exodus chapter 3, in which we see God appearing to Moses in the form of the burning bush. I know you know the story here. And when mm-hmm. Moses, after all of his excuses, fail as to why he can't go back to Egypt Egypt, and rescue the Israelites, his last excuse is, well, I don't even know what your name is. And if I go back there, they're going to say, well, what's the name of this God who sent you? And God says, I am who am. Tell them, I am sent you. And that phrase, I am who am, is kind of in our clumsy human language, a way to try to convey that God is existence. He is who is. I'm out of time, though, Dusty. I hope that's helpful to you, but you can always crack open St. Thomas Aquinas in the Summa, and he'll take you deeper. I'll be right back. 